With the Chargers offense not living up to expectations, should the Chargers have considered moving on from offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi or have the rash of injuries made it impossible to evaluate his performance? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for six seasons, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen. To make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel. or also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. And David, today is the day. Time to discuss if the Chargers have considered should have considered moving on from Joe Lombardi during this bye week when they'd maybe have some time to make some adjustments. The players don't come back till Monday. Does seem like at this point it's not going to happen, but should they have considered it and maybe let Shane Day take over the play calling duties for the last 10 games of the season? We're going to talk about that, but it's also impossible to not talk about the injuries that have come along with it, right? You can't make any excuses, as Brandon Staley keeps saying, but there obviously are a lot of key players offensively the Chargers have not had, which has had an impact. And defensively, they now know they're going to be missing their star cornerback, I guess. I mean, you know, their highly paid cornerback, J.C. Jackson, for the season. That's not any slander. But, you know, at this point, the question really is, will he be able to return back to the level they thought he would be when he came from the Patriots, right? Because that specific injury, David, there have been some players who have never come back the same from that. So we're going to talk about that at the end of the show. But it starts with Joe Lombardi, maybe the most hated man on Chargers social media, because, I mean, it seems like everyone has been calling for his head. And he's had to deal with a lot of factors. But at the end of the day, David, the Chargers offense has not been good enough. And I think it's fair to question whether the Chargers should have considered potentially moving on from Joe Lombardi and maybe going to someone like Shane Day for the last 10 games of the season during this bye week when they had some extra time. The problem here, Daniel, is that uh, Joe Lombardi as a play caller just seems to have regressed. Last year, you could at least see that he was setting up plays. He was, he was utilizing certain packages, like he was using the tight end and motioning them, and then later on in the game, he would play off of those things and hit play action. You don't really see that anymore this season. There's been nothing that's been set up. Yeah, they played it from behind in a lot of football games, but also it's been the lack of adjustments, especially in the second half of football games, that has been the most alarming to me. So just... Listen to this. In the Raiders game, second half, four empty drives with no points and that resulted in punts. In the Chiefs game, five empty drives in the second half. In the Jaguars game, it was punt, turnover on downs, turnover on downs. <laughs> in their fourth game, four empty possessions after the second half. In the fifth game against the Browns, they did well because they were running the football. They only had one empty possession. But then the futility returns. In week six, two of the eight drives ended in a punt or a turnover and downs. And those two were only field goals against the Broncos. So no offensive output. And then of course, in week seven against the Seahawks, four out of the five empty possessions in the second half. And that last touchdown was very late in the game when the game was already decided. The lack of second half adjustments for Joe Lombardi is the most alarming thing for me and the Chargers offense so far this season. 
I mean, it's not even only in the second half. I mean, I think we saw the Chargers get off to some early starts early on in the season, and now it seems like they're, I mean, three straight games where they're getting behind double digits. So it's not just the second half. They're not scoring early on in these games when they get to script all the plays either, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, they've gone down double digits in three consecutive games in the first quarter where they're not getting on the board, right? So it's much more than just that. I mean, in the last game, it's four drives in the second half. There was two drives before the half. It was six consecutive drives where they ended either in turnover on downs or a punt. I mean, it's been bad in five out of the seven games they've had this season. They've had way too long of an offensive scoring drought. A lot of it does have to do with the the rushing attack for the Chargers because the rushing attack for the Chargers isn't working. It's not being connected. I mean, the Browns game is a total outlier at this point because they haven't even cracked 100 rushing yards in any other game this season. Everyone's, you know, at career lows in their backfield right now, except for Josh Kelly, who's hurt. And I mean, they're 24th in rushing yards, 27th in yards per carry, 24th in rushing first down percentage, you know, first runs that turn into first downs. I mean, it's been abysmal pretty much any way you look. The bye week can definitely help with that, right? This offensive line that's together right now should get healthier and potentially be better in the running game, but it just hasn't been good enough. And I understand the injuries, but at a certain point, like the running game isn't good. And Justin Herbert hasn't been as good. He's playing through an injury. He hasn't had all of his weapons. But still, David, I think it's fair because not only, you know, would the Chargers potentially be moving on to someone like Shane Day, right, in midseason, but at what point does Brandon Staley want to save his job, right? And like say, hey, look, I know something has to change and I'm willing to do what it takes to potentially turn this season around. Yes, they're four and three. Yes, they probably would have done it already because now we're already a few days into the bye week and you'd think you'd want to make that move pretty much right after the last game. So I don't think it's going to happen. But you potentially would give Shane Day, you know, a 10-game audition to see what he is like as a play caller. And he's a guy that's worked with a lot of really talented offensive minds. He definitely has. And I mean, one of the things that, that kind of excites me about the prospects of Shane Day potentially being the offensive coordinator and being the play caller is you know, what he was doing with the San Francisco 49ers and being around such an innovative and effective rushing attack, which is what the Chargers have really lacked so far this season. They have not been effective at all rushing the football. And the San Francisco 49ers year after year after year are phenomenal running the football. So bringing in some more of those concepts and kind of injecting some creativity in in how that is called, how that is blocked, how how that is schemed up, I think would really invigorate this offense and something that the Chargers, regardless of if they make a move or not, need to focus on really turning around during this bye week so that they can be a productive offense going forward this season. Yeah, I mean... With Shane Day, you know he's worked with some innovative minds, right? We were talking about before the show. Like, he's never called plays at the NFL level. He's never done it full-time at the collegiate level over the last 20 years. But he has worked with a lot of, you know, really promising offensive people. Like Mike Martz, who was, you know, part of the greatest show on turf back in the day. Then he was with the 49ers when they had not just, you know, Kyle Shanahan under him. They also had a guy named Matt LaFleur working with him as his past game coordinator, right? They also had other guys there that are all from the same tree that have been super successful. I mean, Mike McDaniel, look what he's doing in Miami. He was working with Shane Day and that coaching staff. So we've seen a lot of those guys. Mike McDaniel never called plays at the NFL level before he ended up going to Miami, right? Matt LaFleur was not the play caller when he ended up going and getting his own gig, right, and doing it that way. So there is some precedent for it, and I just think that – you also have to take into account, you know, just not always being happy. Even last year with Joe Lombardi's, you know, philosophies offensively, right? I mean, I think last year 
it may be caught some people by surprise. It seems like everybody knows what the tricks are at this point, especially with the Chargers being banged up. They're getting themselves in way more obvious situations. But I think with the lack of the running game that we've seen from the Chargers so far, the lack of consistency offensively and just these long scoring droughts. I mean, at a certain point, David, you got to have a couple of tricks in your bag where it's like, hey, we need a couple of first downs here. Pull something out, get something going. Yeah. To Lombardi's credit, I mean, there's been a handful of plays over the last five weeks where it's like you see him going for it. The pressure gets in, right? The, the protection breaks down. But it's just to me, whatever they're doing behind the line of scrimmage always takes too long and it never works. The running game takes too long and it seems like it's just getting stepped up in the backfield unless their offensive linemen are obviously blowing guys off the line of scrimmage, which isn't really happening. But it's just something is not connecting. At what point do you just you need a new voice there? Yeah, I mean, it, it seems to me that, that that's getting closer and closer because the the skill position players that you even still have, even with Justin Herbert, who when he throws the ball 20-plus yards down the football field, he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. He just hasn't got enough opportunities to do that. And yeah, obviously the protection's a part of that and the injury, I'm sure, is a part of that. But I also don't think that they're taking enough shots down the football field. They, they need to do that more often. When you know you're in those situations to where you're not doing anything offensively and you've done you know you've done two or three three and outs, you got to do something to try to jolt the energy back into your favor. Back you got to get the momentum back, and that means getting a little bit more creative and taking a little bit more chances, being a little bit less risk averse than the Chargers have been so far this season. I mean, you just want to see Justin Herbert in an innovative offense. And even yeah. when they were a top five offense last year, you saw good teams be able to take a lot away from them and, and yeah. game plan them really well and totally shut them down in certain weeks, like the Patriots, like the Ravens, right, who weren't even really a good defensive team at that time. So, like, we've seen this offense get shut down before, even looking much healthier than it does right now. But I think, I mean, the main, the bottom line is, hey, Shane Day doesn't save this offensive season potentially, right? But I think it's just at this point, can you be sure that you should be sold on Joe Lombardi. I mean, I think if Joe Lombardi had all of his weapons, the offense would look a lot different. He'd probably look a lot better. If Justin Herbert was better, Joe Lombardi would be looking a lot better right now. But I think Joe, Justin Herbert was always kind of covering up some of the flaws in Joe Lombardi's offensive design and just relied on him too much to make something heroic happen on third and 13. So there's always been some flaws with this offense. I don't, I'm not surprised they haven't done it yet. I don't think they will do it, but it's definitely something, hey, you got to consider other options at this point because your team is underachieving. The flaws are so obvious that if it continues into the second half, a playoff you know, run doesn't look good. And what does that mean for Brandon Staley if they can't make it to the playoffs in two straight seasons with Justin Herbert as their quarterback? But you can't ignore the injuries, and the injuries have been a huge part of the offense. It's not an excuse. You still have to do better. Look at teams like the Giants, right, who are just as injured at wide receiver and still finding ways to win games. They have a much better defense, too. But they're finding teams find ways to do it. It happens every season. You have to be able to get the most out of the guys you have. It doesn't necessarily feel like that's happening right now for the Chargers, but they should be getting some of these guys offensively back. And the amount of guys offensively they've had, David, that have been injured this year, it's crazy. And the other thing is, is the Chargers personnel was flawed, especially in the receiver room, even going into it. And it feels like now they have to add something to that position. It doesn't really feel like there's a choice at this point. But I, we will get into that coming up in the next segment. First, I need to tell you guys about something that I absolutely love, and it is LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. 
my wife <laughs> uses LinkedIn jobs all the time. We we're actually just talking about it before the show today. She loves it. She says that when not only does it take her about less than three minutes to put out a new job post, which I don't hire a lot of people. She does. She said that's incredibly quick. But also she says she just that is the only place she can consistently find good candidates that she's not wasting her time with. She's a recruiter. She uses LinkedIn jobs every day. LinkedIn jobs has helped her make it so much easier for her, her company to find the people that they need. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs the number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Right now, guys, LinkedIn jobs can help you find the quality candidates that you want to talk to faster and for free. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I also need to tell you guys about my bird dogs. I'm so excited to get my bird dogs in the mail. They have sweatpants now. I had bird dog shorts already. I love the sweatpants, though. One of the best things about the bird dog sweatpants that I have, they're the best thing to have on the golf course. First of all, they look like you're allowed to go out there. I haven't gotten any you know, backlash from any of the golf clubs I've gone to wearing my bird dogs, but they're also just super comfortable. When you find that right pair of shorts, when you find that right pair of sweatpants, you just literally want to wear them every day. And I mean, I'm ashamed of how many days I've worn, you know, bird dog sweatpants in a row. I'm not going to talk about it right now, but it's awesome. It's going to you take your game to the next level on the golf course, at least comfort wise. You still have to go out there and play. It hasn't made me any better at golf, but it makes me a lot more comfortable when I'm out there, you know, shanking shots into houses and everything else. But bird dogs are higher quality than somewhere like Lululemon and they're $20 less. It just doesn't make sense. These are the shorts and the sweatpants that you guys need right now. And if you go to birddogs.com and enter the promo code locked on, they'll throw in a free bird dogs rope hat. That's birddogs.com promo code locked on and boom, a free bird dogs rope hat with your pair of bird dogs, the most comfortable shorts, pants, and sweatpants with built-in liners. You will not take these things off. I promise you. David, we talked about Joe Lombardi and one of the things about his, you know, looking at what he's been able to do so far this season, right? Offensively, which is not great, but obviously the defense is much worse, right? The defense is like towards the bottom of the league. They're bottom two in scoring defense so far this year. They're giving up like 30 points a game. But the Chargers offense, right? Passing yards fourth, but they're also attempting more passes pretty much than anyone. Justin Herbert has attempted more passes than anyone because their yards yeah. per attempt is actually 27th which is crazy. I mean, that's not good. 20-yard passes, they're eighth. 40-yard passes, they're ninth, which isn't bad. 16th in offensive DO, DVOA. But all these numbers are without key people in a lot of parts of this season, David. And I have the list of the injuries so far. Josh Kelly, injured reserve. Rashawn Slater, injured reserve. Josh Palmer just missed the last game and has been banged up for several other games. Keenan Allen has missed six games this season, five full games and two halves. Donna Parham has missed five games. Trey Pipkins has an injury he's been trying to deal with. Corey Lindsley's missed over two games because he had to leave a game in the middle. And Jalen Guyton has basically missed the entire season, right? Never really was an impact even when he was there. And your quarterbacks had fractured rib cartilage pretty much since week two. So, yeah, yeah since a week two, lot yeah. of injuries. Yeah, not pretty much. I mean, he's been dealing with it ever since, and that's definitely, you know, something that we'll see if these two weeks can help him where he's not taking any hits. It doesn't necessarily seem like it's that easy, but maybe he gets to a more comfortable level at the very least, because I think it's fair to wonder, you know, with him, how much that is affecting him, because we've seen yeah. him do some uncharacteristic things. But we obviously know the play calling hasn't helped. It also hasn't helped having his number one security blanket, his best offensive player, you know, offensive skill players wise in Keenan Allen missing six games like these 
all make a difference, David. So, like, that's why I'm saying that, you know, Shane Day doesn't fix everything for the Chargers offense. You still need to get some of these guys back, and you're never going to be able to perform at the highest level if you're missing these kind of key players. Well, it's so hard for a guy like Mike Williams, who have had to pick up a lot of the slack in Keenan Allen's stead, who relied a lot. I didn't even mention him, and he's probably, you know, out a month potentially. So Yeah, yeah, with the high ankle sprain, unfortunately, it just seems like he, he's carried all the, the weight of the offense from the receiver standpoint on his back the entire season. And, yeah, it's been some boomer bust, but, you know, he's, he's had some good performances, several 100-plus yard games, but you, you always wanted – it to be Keenan and Mike out there together because of what they do to open things up for the offense and open things up for each other. You can't just key in on Mike Williams anymore. You have to, you have to respect what Keenan Allen can do and what he does on first and third down. But now it seems like they're conceivably going to be switching places with hopefully Keenan Allen returning from injury and Mike Williams being on the shelf for a couple weeks. It just doesn't seem like any of these tandems of the chargers tried to pair together to get out there to make an impact is going to be able to play on the field at the same time. It's just a shame. Yeah. And like, I think the chargers thought they were pretty deep, you know, at receiver specifically, but the other thing that's hurting the offense, like those dudes in the last game, like the spacing still wasn't great. Some of the play calls weren't great, but the guys just weren't getting open. I mean, at one no. point you had Deandre Carter, Jason Moore, and Michael Bandy out on the field all at the same time. Like, yeah, Michael Bandy, Deandre Carter, those guys can be nice complimentary weapons. If you have guys like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen as the other two weapons that have to be defended on the field, yeah. when there's none of those guys or just one of those guys, like those dudes just don't look like consistent full-time NFL receivers. Josh Palmer, I would say barely has. And I think personnel wise, like this is something that was a problem going into the season already. We wanted a more explosive receiver. We wanted faster receivers, right? We were thinking about guys like Jameson Williams in the first round of the NFL draft because we just knew this receiving room needed different pieces. Like that's the one thing about this is I just don't think as a whole it was set up correctly. Like I don't think that they got guys that mesh well together. Maybe Josh Palmer can help fill in for guys like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, but it also doesn't make sense stylistically to have all those three guys out there at the same time on the field. So yeah. I think that it was this is something we've already seen, already knew that they needed going into the season. So I think the personnel has also hurt Joe Lombardi in that sense, David. And now you're sitting here at the bye week where you feel like that's a position at wide receiver that absolutely has to get added to. Like it's in bright red letters, which you know hurts your leverage, but it doesn't feel like they can come away without a substantial, you know, wide receiver through this bye week. They have to. They have to make a move. This Chargers offense, the way it is set up right now, it, it, they don't have anybody that brings that explosive element. I mean, you, you go and you look at Miami and you, you look at what Tua has available to him, and he's not. he doesn't have anywhere close to the same arm talent that Justin Herbert has. But you know what he does have? He has Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, two guys that when you get the football in their hands, they just go crazy. They are insane in the open field. They make things happen. You don't have anybody that can make something happen outside of Austin Eckler on your offense. It's just yeah. it's such a glaring hole, something we identified well before the season started. The Chargers neglected that need and they said, oh, we're good. We have two twenty million dollar receivers that are, you know, just not the type of receiver that is going to help bring out the best in Justin Herbert. So they yeah. have to scour the trade deadline. They have to go out there and see what is available and they got to make a move. 
There is no excuse for not going out there and adding what is desperately clearly needed for this Chargers offense. Yeah, and I mean, we'll talk about that tomorrow too because we are going to get into our bye week kind of wish list for the Chargers. Maybe some shopping they could be doing out there because it does feel like they have to do something. It feels like almost that receiver feels like you have to do two things almost, but it does feel like that at a couple other positions too. So we'll talk about you know maybe some edge rushers the Chargers could target in free agency or via trade. We'll talk about receivers tomorrow, maybe even cornerbacks because J.C. Jackson, we now know, is out for the season. But not only is J.C. Jackson out for the season, David, some players don't ever return from from the injury he just had, Victor Cruz being one of those players. So we'll talk about what a doctor had to say about athletes trying to come back from a ruptured patella tendon coming up after this. But I do need to tell you guys about something much funner, and that is my favorite daily fantasy site. And, of course, I'm talking about Price Picks. Price Picks, guys, is a different way to get your daily fantasy sports in. And basically, all you have to do is look at the Price Picks projections and look at the players on there and decide whether they're going to go more than or less than the projections they have set up for that game. One of the things I love about that is you can just go find the best matchups, right? You can find, for example, you think a receiver is going to have more than 60 yards and they're going up against the 32nd ranked pass defense, you can go find those specific ones so you can go win at prize picks and beat their projections. All you have to do is pick two to five players. If they go score more or less than their prize picks projections, you win. You can even win 10 times your money on a single entry. And I know there's no prize picks projections this weekend for the Chargers, but you can also go NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, college football, and more sports to pick from. Price Picks is the best daily fantasy sports you're going to find, and they always have safe and fast withdrawals. Download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That means you put in $100, they will match that $100. If you put in $50, they'll match $50. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on at sign up for that instant deposit match up to $100. Uh, David, so this was something we kind of touched on. We didn't know the last time, you know, that we got together that J.C. Jackson was going to miss a season. Didn't look good, right? We knew that was potentially what was going to be the case, but we didn't know for sure. And also, let me just thank everyone, you know, for being patient with us when David had some inclement weather yesterday and we weren't able to do this show we're doing now yesterday when we wanted to do it. But we'll have shows for you guys the rest of the week. So there's nothing to be worried about there. As far as J.C. Jackson goes, David, I mean, let's just talk about before we talk about, you know, his future as a Charger and, you know, what this potentially means long term for him. It still hurts the Chargers short term because, I mean, this season, I talked about it the other day, like the best case scenario for the Chargers defense was J.C. Jackson figuring it out. Yeah. And even though, David, he hadn't played up to the lofty standards of his contract or the lofty standards he set for himself going into this season, it definitely hurts and just not even having the option to go to him. Like that is something that's going to be hugely detrimental to the Chargers defense, even though his play wouldn't necessarily make you think that. Yeah, it sucks for the Chargers. It sucks for J.C. Jackson, too, because you know that he didn't have the start to his Chargers career that he wanted. The organization didn't see the start to his career that they were expecting, that they signed him for, that they paid him a lot of money for. And now he has no chance to come back this season to be able to rectify that and really come back and show everybody who he is and the type of player that he's capable of being. And with this particular injury, there might be a chance that he doesn't get back on the field at all. According to the L.A. Times article, you know, 50 percent of the time, some of these guys don't come back from this injury. So 
this is something that, you know, with right here, let, let's get the actual stats. So a study published in June 2016, so six years ago, American Journal of Sports Medicine found that only 50% of players returned after having surgery on torn patellar tendons, right? And that's yeah. not necessarily like all NFL players or anything like that, but it is something that people have not only not been able to get back to their being the best player that they were, it's also just, yeah, coming back in general, which is crazy. Yeah, very, very scary, uh, a very uh, serious injury here for J.C. Jackson. And you got to hope for him. You know, thankfully, he has access to the best medical science on, on the face of the earth, you know, playing for a professional sports franchise. And hopefully he's able to get to uh, get the surgery done, get to a quick recovery and be able to come back and be the type of player that we know him to be because the Chargers desperately need it. And right now, without J.C. Jackson, the Chargers cornerback room, Daniel, looks very, very thin. It does. But to get back to that great article by Jeff Miller from the LA Times, what he did was he reached out to a doctor from Memorial Care Orange Coast Medical Center, and this is what the doctor had to say about it, Timothy Gibson. For his position, this is a tough injury. It really is. This is going to make a lot or take a lot of work. On the spectrum of these kind of injuries, it's on the not-so-good not side. There's playing again, and then there's playing again at the same level. He also talked about how other guys like Victor Cruz and Gerard Mayo are both not able to really come back from this and, and reach the levels that they were pre-injury. This is something that is going to – is a legitimate question, David. I mean, at playing that specific position, right, when you're having to keep up with guys like Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams in your own division, right, this is something that is really hugely hurtful and I think questionable going forward. So, I mean, yes, we know – We'll see what his work ethic is. We know he's going to try to rehab that as hard as possible, right? You have to hope that he does. But there's no guarantee that he ever becomes that guy that you were hoping he could get to because he didn't even look like that this year, right? So now you're saying not only do you have to come back, but you have to come back and look better than what you did when you didn't have, you know, a ruptured patella tendon in your knee before that happened. So it's just, it really sucks because it's super unclear now if he'll ever kind of, live up to any part of what his contract was with the Chargers because the Chargers have it now after the 2023 season. So the Chargers could potentially get out of that relatively risk-free, right, with not having to pay huge, huge lump sums of money if they cut him after the 2023 season. So Tom Telesco did build that out. It just sucks that we're having to talk about that right now for a player that was supposed to be kind of a key cog in making Brandon Staley's defense look like the defense we saw he had with the Rams that he had with the Rams in 2020, right? Just never came to fruition. And now it's in question whether we'll ever see that guy that they thought they were going to get. But yes, the cornerback room depth is definitely something that's very questionable at this point because David, even beforehand, Michael Davis was really your only experienced backup because behind yeah. Michael Davis, is Jasir Taylor a sixth-round pick and Dean Leonard a seventh-round pick. Now those guys are full-blown next guy on the field level of backups, right? Because before, they were mostly special teams guys. You had a nice buffer with Michael Davis, a guy you at least knew knew the playbook, knew the scheme, and had yeah. real NFL experience. Yeah. Now it's tough, David. Now this feels like a position that has to be addressed right now during the bye week. Like with that position group, like I, I'm, I'm high on Jasir Taylor. I thought he had a really good camp. Dean Leonard had some moments, especially, and seems like he's getting better and better after being truly awful at the beginning of it. This is a really tough situation in that cornerback room right now, at least as far as proven guys. 
Yeah, it, it really is. And I mean, I think you got to feel great about what Asante Samuel Jr. has done here in his sophomore season, you know, after, you know, finishing his his uh, his rookie season in not the best way and dealing with those concussions. He's really come back with a vengeance. He, he's been a spectacular corner for the Chargers and just in the NFL in, in general. And Bryce Callahan has been a revelation. I mean, a guy that they signed to a one year deal that was a kind of a, a low risk, low money deal has really turned out to be spec i mean just ridiculous value for the chargers he's been a godsend for what he has done he's played really really good football michael davis has been up and down and then if they get any kind of injuries you're gonna see a sixth round rookie or a seventh round rookie on the football field playing meaningful snaps for the chargers and there really isn't any other recourse they don't even have any other corners on their practice squad as as we see it right now so this is a big area of concern for the Chargers and one they would be wise to address while they can. And unfortunately, I can almost all but guarantee you they're not going to trade for an edge rusher, a corner, and a receiver, yeah. right? I do think they'll probably bring in some guys, right? Maybe sign guys off of the team's practice squad. Maybe they can try to find veterans in free agency. But we're going to get into that tomorrow with a little, you know, looking at the bar while the Chargers are in their bye week. Bryce Callahan has definitely been a revelation for the Chargers, but at the same time, he still has never played a 16-game season, right? Like, knock yeah. on wood, it's been incredible that he's played as well as he has and has stayed as healthy as he has so far this year. But when you know that's what your death looks like and you have a guy like that you know has been banged up throughout his career, it's worrisome for sure. But thank God he has been healthy. He has been the Chargers' best, most consistent cornerback this season. And, I mean, it just it, it's crazy to think of how well he's played compared to how poorly the Chargers defense has played as a whole because it's just, you know, guys, one way or the other, things are getting blown. The assignments are not happening, right? No one's where they're supposed to be, and they're giving up 28 points a game. But the Chargers have a lot to work, to, a lot of work to do, obviously, on both sides. So we will be getting into that more tomorrow when we get into what our wish list would be if we could find some players to come into the Chargers and help them right now because you don't want to punt this season away. You've got to do whatever it takes to keep this team competitive. That's why we're talking about the Joe Lombardi thing today because it's like you don't want to just punt on another Justin Herbert season and which with the flaws that this team has, right, and getting blown out by the Jaguars and the Seahawks, it's just so hard to think that with the way this roster is currently constructed that they can make a significant run in the second half and can be a significantly better team. They have holes. They need to at least fill a couple of them, right, and maybe bring in some more impact players, especially at edge rusher and especially at wide receiver. But we'll get into that tomorrow. Until then, guys, to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. You guys can also find the show every day on all of our social media. You can find it on my social media on Twitter at DanTalkSports, David Drogermeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD, SD, and you can find the show's Twitter at LockedOnLAC. We also post on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page and at Locked On Chargers on Instagram. We are planning on doing a fan mail Friday show this week. If you guys want to get in there, hit us up on Twitter. You can hit us up in the YouTube comments. Or you can even just DM us directly. David Drogmeyer's DMs are always open. But you can also call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. We do have some voicemails already. We appreciate you guys calling in. The closer you get them to around 30 seconds with your question being concise, the more likely they are to get onto the show. But, David, I mean, the Chargers obviously have some big questions that are going to have to be answered during this bye week. If they add some pieces potentially through the trade, through free agency, maybe they start answering some of those questions. But we'll get into that tomorrow. Until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.